Today's episode is all about what the heck you call yourself and why that really doesn't matter. I see so many people spend so much time on coming up with their fancy name or title and they box themselves into a corner by doing this. So in today's episode, I'm going to take you through what actually matters and it's not what you call yourself or the title you give. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business, and now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Welcome back, Serve, Scale, Soar family. I am so excited to be with y'all today. My name is Brandy Miles. If this is your first time jumping in, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're in for a treat. And if you're a longtime listener, I so appreciate you being here and tuning in each and every single week. And so I'm excited about this episode because one of the things that I see come up a lot is when someone starts a freelance business, a virtual assistant business, or their service space, they focus a lot on what to call themselves. Am I a virtual assistant? Am I an ad manager? Am I a social media strategist? Am I an OBM? They get so stuck in these titles and what it actually does is affect their marketing. And your marketing is so stinking important. We talk about active and passive marketing all the time and we'll link up those episodes. But what I see is people say, well, I'm looking in groups, I'm looking and no one's looking for an OBM, so an online business manager. Or I do like G4 analytics and no one's looking for that. And the reason you're not finding it is because you're so stuck on your title and you're very, very stuck on like, this is what I call myself. This is what I do when really who cares what you call yourself? It's how can you solve your client's problem in the best way possible? And so that's what we're going to talk about today is why, like, you can call yourself whatever you want. You can call yourself a magical unicorn. You can call yourself a Facebook ad manager. It does not matter. What matters is how you can solve someone's problem. And so when we can shift our focus on worried about our title and instead we can focus on what we can actually do for people, you'll see a big shift in your discovery calls, your marketing, how many clients are coming to you. And so I'm super excited to dive into this because I know that this one shift, this simple shift in your business can change everything. So when we're starting out, and by starting out, this could be you're offering a new service or maybe you've been offering the service for a while, but you're just stuck because you're not finding clients. Or maybe you really are just starting your business. What I want you to think about is not what you call yourself or what people are looking for. But what I want you to focus on is what do you actually provide as a service provider? And that's not your title. It would be like looking through, I was thinking about it as like when you look through jobs postings, I like to get on LinkedIn and look through job postings for different things. And it's always so funny because I get on there and I'm like type in community manager. And I see that a lot of the community managers, it's more like a marketing role. And that's not what I would think a community manager was. And then I look at some other ones and they're complete opposites. And they're looking for like engagement inside their company. Like they want this person to make sure that all their employees are really like working together and everything. 
And then some of them actually look like social media management jobs. And so by looking at these job descriptions, you can see that everyone has a different description of what they're looking for when they say community manager. So this is an example of how like job titles are just not serving us. But if we can get really clear on what we do actually provide a client, what services, what tasks that we take on, what tasks we don't take on, we'll be able to find the right clients instead of getting in this like stuck with scope creep and all these other things that happen. So one of the things that you can do first off is niche down. I talk about this so often. People want to stay broad so they can attract more, but it never serves you well. You get stuck doing all the things for all the people. You can't systematize. It's not a great approach, but then you also get into this spot where people are like, oh, I'm looking for a community manager. You take a role and it's not what you do at all. It's completely different. And maybe you've never managed a team because honestly, that would be probably closer to an OBM than what we would typically think of as a community manager. And then an OBM would lose out on that role because they were too busy looking for OBM roles. So there's this whole thing where if we're focused on the title, one, we're going to lose out on opportunities. And two, we're going to take opportunities that maybe aren't the right fit. So when we niche down and we get clear on this is who I serve, this is how I serve them, we can start looking for those job descriptors instead of titles. So that's our first thing that we have to do when we think about what can I do to attract more people, not worry about my title, but worry about how to serve them at a higher level is niche down. Get clear on who you serve and how you serve them with your packages, with who you serve. These are all going to be great starting places for you to start thinking about, okay, this is where I really want to see my business go. So if you're like, okay, but Brandy, then what do I put on my website? Who cares? You don't have to say like, I'm an OBM. <laughs> what you can do instead is emphasize that and highlight the skills that you offer. So if we go back to this community management one and you're the type of community manager that's helping like grow a community, we just did this with Shana. We had an episode and we'll link that up. But like she calls it cultivating community. So on your website, instead of saying, I am a community manager, what if it said something like, I help cultivate communities within your online courses, memberships, and coaching programs? Because then you're like, okay, I'm cultivating community, which sounds better than I manage community. It's going to be a higher skill. You're calling out who you work with, course creators, coaches, memberships, it's very clear that you would not be a community manager for someone who wants a social media manager or who wants someone to help their team. You are saying, I'm here to help cultivate community within your memberships, your coaching programs, and your courses. Right there, that's way more powerful than just saying, you know, I'm Brandy, I'm a community manager. The same thing with if we talk about Facebook ad managers. This is a big thing. People are like, do I call myself a meta ad manager, a Facebook ad manager, or Instagram? It doesn't matter what you call yourself. It's what you do for people. So maybe instead of just saying I'm a meta ad manager, you would say that I help e-commerce brands bring in more sales on a daily basis using the power of Facebook and Instagram ads. Like that's way more effective anyway than just saying I'm a meta ad manager. And so you're calling out who you serve, which is e-commerce, 
and how you serve them. You get them more sales using Facebook and Instagram ads. So that's the power of highlighting your skills and services rather than your title. So right now, I want you to think about how can you highlight your skills and services without even coming up with a title? Like if we took your title away, what do you do for people? What is the main thing? And I know my executive virtual assistants, my OBMs, my systems people, y'all are going to try to fight me on this, but really think about what skill or service do you really, really, really focus on when working with your client? And so what things can you highlight? What things can you draw people in? And so when we take this from a messaging standpoint instead of a title standpoint, you'll start to see more and more of the right clients attracted to what you're doing. So the other way you can do this is by showing up with case studies, getting on discovery calls, and really having a portfolio, which I don't think you really need a portfolio. I like to call them case studies instead, or discovery calls and highlighting, like this is how I serve my clients at the highest level instead of just focusing on like I'm a community manager. And this flows all the way into your marketing efforts. So not just on your website, but if you're in a Facebook group and someone says, I'm looking for a virtual assistant who runs Facebook ads, we see this a lot and I would never consider myself a virtual assistant, but they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know that like a lot of times Facebook ad managers would be offended by being called a virtual assistant. There's nothing wrong with being a virtual assistant. It's just these people put in a lot of time and effort learning this skill. So if I were to respond to that, I would say, hey, Susie, oh my goodness, I see that you're looking to tap into the power of Facebook and Instagram ads. This is especially what I do for course creators. I would love to jump on a call and show you how I can best support you. Would you mind if I sent you a case study to show you the type of results we get for clients like you? And that's what I would leave it at. And so right there, you're not just turning down something because they called it a virtual assistant. And you're giving a way to communicate the value by showing them that you can jump on a free call and you have a case study to present them. So once again, not worried about title, a virtual assistant, but we're worried about the value and the overall experience or result that that client is looking for. So how can we communicate once we start thinking about this, we start getting that messaging down, how can we communicate the value to a client to show that like, I know you're looking for this one term, that's not what I call myself, but here, you should still hire me. And so when we get into that, there's a few ways that we can communicate this value to your clients. I'm going to break those down into four different ways for you. Some of these you may not need to do, some of them you will, but I'm going to quickly go over the four ways that you can provide, show up, and communicate your value to clients, even if you're using a different term than they're using for a job. Okay, so the first one is to identify your client's pain points. And the best way to do this is really on a discovery call. So we're going to link up our discovery call episode to show you how I walk through discovery calls. These are only 15 to 20 minutes. So like each of these points goes really quick. So one is to identify clients' pain points. So what are their challenges? What do they really want out of a service? So I was talking about this on another one, and this is, I like to pull examples sometimes from non-service-based. And I was thinking about a photographer. And we have decided to work with this photographer for newborn photos, family photos, 
because her photos are amazing, but part of her package, they were higher tier, but they require you to actually buy physical prints. And so it's more expensive. But the biggest pain point I have when it comes to photos is I want photos, but I just don't want photos sitting in a Dropbox folder like they usually do. I want photos up on my wall. And so even, and she understands this pain point that people have is that they get their photos back, then they sit in Dropbox or on their computer, and then they don't have the photos. Well, that also doesn't serve her because no one sees them. And so no one's saying like, oh my gosh, who was your photographer? And also, I'm going to go with a, probably a different photographer next time because I forgot how amazing she is. So she's helping her business plus identifying clients' pain points that they don't even realize they have, which is that they're not paying to get their photos up on the wall. So part of her package is you have to have physical prints. And so with that being said, that's a really unique selling point, but also she's identifying the outcome. So now when we hire her, even though she's more premium priced, we didn't bat an eye because she's going to deliver these photos for us. And then Austin can just put them up on the wall and I'm going to be one happy mama. So how can we think about ways to do this in our business? What are the pain points that the majority of our clients are having? What do they really, really want that maybe they're not expressing? What challenges are they facing? What challenges are they going to face coming up that maybe you've seen working with other clients, but they don't even know that those challenges are going to happen yet? And so when we can identify these, it helps us start to stand out. And this can be in our messaging on our website. We can use this in our discovery calls, our proposals. All of this is really, really important and stuff that most freelancers and service providers are just skipping over. So if we can focus on their pain points, and communicate that, that's going to set you apart. Then number two, focus on the outcomes. What is the desired result that your client wants? And we want to focus on that and how you can get them there the quickest, the fastest, the most efficient way possible. So if you're on the discovery call and you're a social media manager and your client is saying like, okay, I want to grow my following and One of the questions I would say, focus on outcomes, great, you want to grow your following, what would that actually do for you? So once we grow your following, what are you hoping to gain? Do you just want more followers? If so, that's perfectly fine. Are you looking to sell something? And then when we can like ask those specific questions that focuses on the outcome, it shows that you're not just like a button pusher, but you're thinking more about the strategy. And so that shows that you specialize. And so if they say, well, like, actually, I want more sales. Like, I'm trying to grow my Instagram following so I can get more sales. Okay, great. So here's what, you know, you say, okay, so we would actually build a plan based on sales. So it may not be about doing more, but it may be about being more strategic and using maybe like mini chat to have a opt-in that goes to your website or something like that. And then all of our social media posts would be around that. And so then you're finding out what is that outcome and how can we create a strategy that supports that outcome instead of them just saying like, oh, I want more followers. That's not really the outcome that they want. They want something more. And it's your job to actually focus and find the desired outcome. Because then if you don't and they say, you know, this isn't working. I think we're going to go in a different direction, but thanks. It's been great working with you. And you ask like, wait, 
your follower count's growing. What's wrong? And they say, well, we're not getting more sales. And you're like, well, you never told me that we wanted more sales. I thought it was just to grow your following. You did your job, but did you really? Because in the beginning, you didn't focus on the outcome. So that's one of the things we want to focus on to show our value to be able to land more. And that's where if you're calling yourself a social media manager, what you're actually doing is social media strategy, which is way more important. And so by calling yourself a social media manager, you're actually cutting your value and how much you should be charging in half. This is also why the title doesn't matter. So we're going to identify the client's pain points. We're going to focus on their outcomes. And then we're going to emphasize your unique selling position. So in the copywriting world, a lot of people call this your USP. What makes you different than everyone else that they're jumping on a call with? And one of the easiest ways to be different is to niche down. So we have some people who have been on the podcast and in Serve Skills or membership that specialize working with TPT teachers. That's a website called Teachers Pay Teachers. Teachers go on there to buy low price resources that they can use in their classroom and everything. And so if a teacher finds out that this client or you as a service provider, you're a Pinterest manager, but your USP is I work specifically with TPT teachers, they're more likely to hire you than someone who isn't because you already know their business. You specialize, you know their language. And so they're going to feel more comfortable hiring you than someone who's a generalist. So when we talk about emphasizing your unique selling position, a lot of times the easiest way to do it is niche down to who you work with. Another way you could do it is maybe everyone else is doing like six month website build times and you have a package that's like a 30 day one or a VIP day or something like that. Like that can be your unique selling proposition is that you do it quicker. It could also be that you only work with those certain people. It could be that you do it in a week. So we can think about what makes you different than everyone else. Some of it could be that you create the strategy plus implement where other people are just implementing. Or maybe our video people, maybe if you're working like with a local business, maybe you're a social media manager, but you're local to your clients and you actually go spend a day with them, record all their reels, and then you edit them and post them and all that. That would be unique. I've also seen where photographers have done like during COVID, they were doing the Zoom sessions where they were taking photos or something like that. Like that's different. So what makes you different than everyone else that's doing what you're doing? And then the fourth and final way to stand out and communicate your value other than using your title is by using case studies and testimonials. I'm big on case studies and testimonials. It's one of the lessons we teach inside of Conversions for Clients. And inside of Serve Scale Soar, because when you can have these, it's so powerful. We even have the social proof episode. We'll link that up that talks about using case studies and testimonials, but these will set you apart from other people, especially case studies, because not enough people are sharing case studies. So it really helps you stand out. So if you want to communicate your value, you're going to go through these four steps and use this through all your marketing your discovery calls, your proposals, like this should be like ingrained in what you're doing, which is identify clients' pain points, focus on the outcome, emphasize your unique selling proposition, and use case studies and testimonials. And so when you focus on that instead of your title, you're going to start getting the clients that you want. You're going to start being able to charge more 
because you're focused on the right thing instead of your title, but then you're also going to be looking at job descriptions and what their outcomes are and their pain points are instead of looking at what they're calling the person who they're looking for. Because we all have different definitions of what someone does. What you may do as a podcast manager or producer may not be what someone's looking for. And so we want to make sure we're looking at the descriptions, not the titles, which means you have to get a little creative when you're doing your search for finding jobs. And then at the end of the day, a lot of us just need to focus on overcoming imposter syndrome. This is real and so many, especially my women, y'all focus on this and like, I can't call myself that because I don't know enough or I should just like do everything because I need to learn. But here's the thing, my friend, you will learn by doing just like when I have a lot of mamas listening and I was just talking to my husband as we prepare for our second baby. And I was like, the first time you're like terrified that like my job is just to keep the baby alive. Like, oh my gosh, this is my firstborn. And then your second time, you're so much more confident with the actual like keeping the baby alive. You are nervous about other things. The same thing is true when we think about services. You've done things that have prepared you for this moment. Even if you've never ran Facebook ads, you've done other things in your life and built other skills that will help you learn to run those or podcast editing or how to hold a discovery call, whatever it may be. You've already done things in your life that you didn't even realize were leading you to this moment. And once you start getting in there and doing it, you'll find that you know what you're doing. You can learn it. All of this is a learned skill. And it's like, you'll be nervous at first, but you're not going to kill the baby. <laughs> you're going to be fine. And so let's stand in our power and be like, you know what? I mean, the best dang mom, or I'm going to be the best dang podcast manager. I'm going to be the best dang OBM, whatever it is. And I'm going to do the do dang thing, but I'm not going to let imposter syndrome hold me back from looking for jobs with things that I know that I can execute for clients. Or if you're sitting there and you're like, Brandy, I don't know how to focus on the outcomes or identify clients' pain points or what makes me unique. You have the resources in this episode to start jotting that stuff down. And once you start, you'll feel more confident and you'll start landing those clients. Landing clients has a lot to do with confidence over everything. And so what I want you to know is that we've all done things that we didn't feel ready for, that we were nervous but then at the end of the day, nine out of 10 times, once you get it done, you're like, dang, I'm so glad I did that. So I hope you take the key points from this episode. You go out, you start focusing on the job description, what you do, how you serve clients, the pain points you relieve, what makes you different. Lean into those case studies and testimonials and focus on that before you start just focusing on your title. And what I know is you'll start finding more clients, you'll be able to charge more, and you're going to be a lot happier with what services you're providing. And so I can't wait to hear how this goes for you. Your title doesn't matter, my friend. What you do and how you serve your clients does. So if you would love more goodies like this and dig more into these topics, Head over to servescalesore.com forward slash 10K. Learn more about our Surf Scale Sore membership where we deep dive into all of these, give you the resources, the action plans, 
to make them happen. And if you ever have any questions, send me a DM at Brandy Mouse on Instagram. It's always me, never my team. And I can't wait to chat with you. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.